This week on The Neat Pork, as Shalonda is on a detox, Nick is discussing the Irish whiskeys, both a pot still, green spot, and red breast. So sit back, grab your drinks, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, and we're live, baby. All right, man. Welcome back to The Neat Pour. Uh, Shalonda's here, Nick is here, and it's March, so we're drinking an Irish whiskey. Well, he's drinking. I'm not. Yeah, Shalanda's um, on a detox, so she's not drinking. Um, Shalanda is part Irish. <laughs> My great grandfather was from Ireland. True enough. Shalanda is one eighth. Uh, Irish. You know my fractions. Now. Um, anyone who knows me, I can't wait to tell you how I went to Ireland, and um, which we're going to hear in this podcast, I'm sure. I mean, it's an Irish whiskey podcast. So the island of Ireland. Um, yeah, man. Oh, let's talk about what we've got. We've got the Red Breast 12. That's a pot still. And then we've got the Green Spot. And know. I have water. Yeah. Um, this is a single pot still whiskey. So two Irish pot still whiskeys. How do we sound, by the way? We sound great. All right. So um, where do we start? What do we know about Irish whiskeys? Um, well, we know that... They have all their fun because it's all just our Irish malt up front, mm-hmm. right? And they have all their fun on the back end, right? So they change, they change different. Uh, what do you call it? Oh, they change different cask. You know, mm-hmm. it's not the same rules as American whiskey. American whiskey is, um, you know, you got to have corn, you got to have fifty one percent corn in a new in a new barrel. Irish whiskeys, they all use X bourbon cask for aging. Ex bourbon cask and sherry cask mm. in most cases for aging. So that's just a little background on Irish whiskey as a category. And a catalyst to dive into the Ireland trip. Well, so sorry, let me use my words as I was told once on our live for Beer Pass. Use your words. <laughs> um, you know, when I when I went to Ireland with Guinness. Um, you know, Guinness is 5%. We were all kind of over drinking Guinness after the first fucking round. Mm-hmm. So we immediately got into the whiskeys. And in fact, I would say most of that trip, a portion of that trip stayed so they could hit up distilleries. And I was like, that's rude. But anyway, I had to get back because I had to go to Fobab. But, or I would have stayed and hit up distilleries too. But I flew back and went straight to Fobab. Oh, but on my way there, the one I fell in love with was the green spot. Because I'm like you, I'm like, you know. I'm like, I'm just like, hey, I don't understand this. If it's if what if it's like scotch and it's peaty, I didn't know nothing about it. Then I went there, I fell in love with it. And the green spot, a pot still Irish whiskey. Um I love it. It's fruity, it's spicy, it's 80 proof, and um it just makes me happy and it leaves room to drink a lot of it, or it leaves you room to go into something uh, you know, to pair it with some other things. But you know, it's not it's it's not trying to dominate the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I like about it. You know, it smells so good. So how does it taste? I tell you, man, I, I can tell you guys on Friday when I'm drinking again, when I'm off my detox. But uh, as of right now, what does water does taste good? Green apple, peach, um, just a little bit of white pepper. Um, and then it kind of dries up and it goes away. Just that fast. It's really fun. It's It's very, it's very reminiscent of like. A Chardonnay on the white wine side. It's just kind of like it shows up. It gets fruity. It gets a little tannins, and then we're out of there. I I do say it smells peach. Yeah, I'm getting some peach vibes. Yeah. So um, you know, you'll see this week 
our ode to Irish whiskey, um, there's going to be two posts. One will be about this podcast, but then the other one was about uh, uh, tell them more do. Tell them more do. Oh, we didn't open that one. Yeah. Well, because I'm the only one drinking. <laughs> but tell them more do has an XO cask finished whiskey. And un- understanding the tell them more do thing, right? They finish it for 14 weeks in rum cask. But what they were saying is they're the only, all of them are triple distilled. That sounds like a vodka thing where they just keep distilling it over and over to make it smooth. Mm-hmm. But then um, they're the only ones that are uh, triple distilled and triple casked, right? And then they're triple blended. So what that means is that they're taking the three dominant types of Irish whiskeys and blending them together. And they're the only ones that do that. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started understanding, well, pot still is what's the difference between pot still and single malt, right? So there's so there's three types. There's grain whiskey, Right. Then there's, um, well, that's just the whiskey that gives you the light, sweet flavors. That's grain whiskey. Um, then there's uh, single malt whiskey. And single malt whiskey kind of refers to um, the malting of the whiskey, right? The malting of the grains before you make the whiskey. Mm-hmm. So you know how it's just like with uh, malted. Malting is a process that you put a grain through. So malted barley is in uh, is in beer. Yeah. Right. You sure. know, you trick it into growing again by pouring hot water over it. It opens up. You shake off the husk and you just want the inside of it. And then you take that and you fucking cook it. That's malting. Right. Mm-hmm. So they do that with the malting part, the, the malted whiskey. Now, if you did all that from one particular uh, malt and one particular distillery, then that's a single malt. Right. Then there's a third kind of Irish whiskey. Damn. And I hate that we get into, you know, this is just like the Japanese episode where we're just talking about the category. But this is important. I didn't know what the fuck a pot still whiskey was. So a pot still refers to um, a tax that was put on malted products from England when England um, ruled over Ireland. Mm -hmm. Right. So the king of England said anybody who's malting anything, there's a tax on it. So that's the brewers and distillers. So they came up with a process where they take 50 percent malted barley and then 50 percent unmalted barley so that they only had to pay half the tax. Mm -hmm. So that's a process that's specific to Ireland. And that's where it was originated. It was, you know, to beat the tax man. To beat the tax man. You know, Um, shit. That's why Kentucky was a state. I think uh, America passed a law that, you know, there's going to be a new tax on whiskey. So then everybody headed west because they didn't want to pay fucking taxes. And they ended up. You know, found in Kentucky, like four years after that law came into place. We've always been trying to avoid whatever we can do to avoid paying taxes. Just that's just human nature, I think. So, so true. Um, so I think that's how we got to the, the categories. So what we're enjoying are two pot still whiskeys. Now, the only reason I know about the red breast, um, I'll say this about these whiskeys. You, you see them at every single store, which I love about scotch. I love about Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. You ain't really got to search hard to find the shit. It's everywhere. Um, the only reason Red Breast was on my radar is because it was in the uh, Pappy Land book. Uh, Julian Van Winkle, you know, he's all about um, he's all about drinking wine that was aged in Pappy Van Winkle barrels, and he's all about uh, he's all about Irish whiskey. And his Irish whiskey choice, I believe, is the Red Breast Fifteen, and that's how that's how I got that's how I got on the radar. So I'm like, if we're gonna do a show, let's just what do we get? Well, shit, we get the one that I fell for when I went to Ireland and we get the one that fucking Julian drinks, you know? So I think that's, now we're, we set the landscape. That's how we got here. Okay. You're the big winner here, bud. Oh, man. I'm going to take a sip. I feel like I've been talking a lot. I'm going to have a sip. Yeah, because um, I sure can't take a sip, but it does smell amazing. Yeah. Um, Both of these products come in um, 
paper packaging. So the green spot comes in a canister, right? And that's a Mitchell and Stun's product. Mm -hmm. And then the red breast comes in a box. Now, the green spot is, uh, let's see, what do we know about this? Uh, Triple distilled since 1805. Uh, They're saying you're going to smell fresh aromatics, spices, and orchard fruit. And on the body, you're going to get hints of clove with green apple and toasted oak. So maybe the spice I'm getting is attributed to clove as opposed to white pepper. I've said white pepper because it Mm -hmm. definitely wasn't black pepper. But yeah, they have different spots uh, signifying years. So there's a green spot on the lower end. Then you get yellow spot and red spot. I want to say it's like 16 years. Right. But super um, approachable. But then quite honestly, Shalanda, like a totally different flavor profile from bourbon. Bourbon is overtly sweeter because it's a corn base. Right. Mm-hmm. And then also these uh, most whiskeys are higher proof. No, there's not very many whiskeys that are coming now, in 80 do, proof. Are there rules of Irish whiskey the same way as it is with bourbon? From what I gather, the only real rule is that it has to be... Um, Irish. <laughs> it's got to be Irish. Uh, it's got to be distilled and it's got to be matured on the island of Ireland. Right. So one of some of the big Irish whiskey producers, you know, they might be owned by a company like they make it all there, but the parent company is not in Ireland. Mm-hmm. So then somebody said, well, it's got to be bottled in Ireland, too. And I think the argument was, well, yeah, if we matured it and distilled it here and then a jet plane comes and crashes into our bottling facility, but we still got juice, we just can't bottle it. If we have to bottle it somewhere else, it's still Irish whiskey. Right. So the only rule is it's got to be distilled in Ireland and got to be matured in Ireland. Those are the only rules. And then... um they are a big fan of. Uh, they don't use new. They don't use new oak, so they're a big fan of grabbing cask from other producers. Mm-hmm. So I think the way it was described was um, bourbon in comparison to bourbon. Like bourbon has all their fun up front, right? You can change the mash bill. You can have a rye whiskey that has nothing to do with corn, and mm-hmm. you can have a weeded bourbon, right? You can have you can adjust your mash bill to make different flavors, right? Um, Irish whiskeys and Scotch they don't really have those things. They they make they use barley, and that's it. But where they do have their fun is that they can adjust the type of cast they use to impart different flavors. And that's their version of having multiple mash bills. You know okay. what I mean? So the vari- the variables are on the end in, in Irish whiskey versus it being in the front with American whiskey. Okay. So I think that's the biggest difference to answer your question. That's a good question. So, Whew. Look at you. It's kind of weird being the only one drinking on a podcast. Good job by you, Nick. I mean, it's not weird. I'm just I'm doing it. I'm assuming you're going to drink anyway, so. Yeah. I'm but just I'm I'm just laying low. A little fun note about I'm going to take a sip of the uh, red breast single single pot here or it's still pot. Sorry, the still pot. It has a very beautiful amber color. And then we were saying how this one smells more like bourbon than the uh, the green spot, right? Oh, I want to take this up so bad. It's got those classic bourbon notes, you know. The, the Lando Lakes butter and the wood and the, he loves using using the Lando deep, Lakes. You have the, Lando the, Lakes butter and everything. It's now it's you know when it's I smell like butter. when I smell it I smell it you know deep fruits deep richer fruits and the, the orchard fruit thing sure it's in some bourbons but if for the most part bourbon's going to remind you of like more of like a candied fruit or some sort of junk food of some sort right some sort of uh, yeah so 
Um, oh, but what was I going to say about this red breast? Um, yeah, there's a red breasted bird on the on the. It's, it's an actual bird. The red breast is a type of bird. Yes. Okay. Um, oh, triple distilled, and then oh, finished in sherry cask. Oh, so yeah, I was going to make a point about sherry cask because I think between Scotland, I tell you the Scottish. Sorry, the Scottish and the Irish, they share some of the same principles. So they all think sherry cask is, you know, something they, they're comfortable uh, finishing whiskeys in. But the fact is that the Spanish sherry cask, like they're, they don't drink enough sherry in Spain to provide the cask that they're looking for. Oh, wow. Right. So that's the reason why they just don't. If it were if I think if they had their druthers, they would just use the entire maturation process in sherry cask, right? But they don't have enough sherry cask. And the reason I say that is because I think in the Telemordu story, it was saying how a, a Spanish cask is $800, a Spanish sherry wine cask is $800, but it's roughly twice the size of like an American bourbon barrel. Mm-hmm. And then you can use it up to four or five times and get the same amount of flavor out of a sherry cask, right? So it's more bang for your buck to use a sherry cask, but the reason they don't use it the reason they don't use it exclusively is because well the american ones are a little bit cheaper to get and there simply ain't enough sherry cast to do the job so you end up getting a blend i think jim beam heaven hill and um were the ones he called out Mm -hmm. but that's how you end up with a mix of all these barrels right so that that part was actually pretty interesting and you know i think geographically ireland sits just right below scotland so a lot of these practices look alike i mean they're neighbors right? right i think i got that right i don't fucking know <laughs> right i'm pretty sure scotland sits on top of ireland though like right i don't know shit i'm, I'm rolling with I, that. look my, my geography you know geography fucking americans man we know we don't know i bet if, if if it was no lake in this town i couldn't tell you which way it was east in Chicago. <laughs> if it wasn't a big ass lake i wouldn't fucking know <laughs> that's okay but you're our liquor historian some of the stuff is interesting, man. So, yeah, I think. Um, I mean, they're pretty close to each other. Scotland and Ireland are only three hundred and thirteen miles apart. Where are they though? Where's what's on top? What's north of Ireland? Oh hell, now I gotta pull up the map. Well, that's what I was asking. And while you're doing that, I'll talk a little bit more about the red breast because that's the one I don't know. Um, dry fruit, spice, toasted wood. And um, a lingering finish. This fucking red breast is good. There was a chance, I think, you know, Shalana was asking me, which one should we get? And I think initially I said 12. And then we, at least initially I said 15. But then she asked for a second time and I just said, get the 12. But I'm glad we started at the 12, you know, even though the 15 is a higher proof. I'm really enjoying those nuances of this, of this pasta whiskey at 80 proof. And honestly, man, part of the fun is that these fucking whiskeys are 80 proof, but they have so much going on and the flavors are so different from everything else on the shelf that I'm really into it, you know? So Ireland is like on the south side, <laughs> but Scotland is above Ireland. Okay. So yeah, so we had that part right. Um, yeah. yeah. I think one thing I will say about Ireland is that everyone's Irish. Obviously, everyone's Irish, you know, one day a year, but then their their history translates so heavy for them to be an island. You know, like when you go to Ireland... Um, you don't necessarily feel like you're somewhere that you haven't been because some of the best Irish spots you've been to in Chicago are going to feel 
I mean, obviously not the the fuckboy, you know, uh, sports bars over in Wrigleyville. But I mean, like a classic Irish bar where there's just like no TVs Mm -hmm. and they're just, you know, just a family uh, playing acoustic guitar in the back for entertainment. And they're just all they care about is booze and conversation. Like I've, I've had those experiences here. And it's not to say like the Irish experience wasn't genuine. It was just more like their the essence of what they're doing translates over here because mm-hmm. I've experienced that kind of those kind of vibes in America. That's all I was trying to say. So you you said a lot. Yeah, man. But um, Shalana can give you a different assessment on you know on our socials. But um, I'm a huge fan of both of these, and then. Aside from proof, which I'm actually starting to really come around to lower proof things, um, aside from proof, I think price point is where it needs to be, accessibility. Mm-hmm. And um, but above above all, you know, fuck price point, fuck proof. Is it good? Right. Right. I think they're they're good in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if there is a white wine comparison, I would put that green spot in that category. But it's more of a classic you know, heavier, like uh, richer interpretation of the Irish profile mm-hmm. that kind of gives you uh, flavors that remind you a little bit more of bourbon. Then I would say the red breast is more your thing, but it's fucking green spot, man. Uh, it takes me to a place where, you know, that's the last time I actually traveled out, out of the country. He almost killed it. It's almost a half bottle on the plane. You kind of killed this bottle. You just opened it. So it just kind of reminds me of, it just reminds me of times back when we was really getting shit done. You know right. What I mean? Is the dog acting up? Can you hear the dog? Mm-hmm. All right. So that's Riley. If you hear him on the, on the, on the, uh, on the recording. But yeah, man, it was a really short week this week, Shalanda. Um, like we said, St. Patty's Day week, we wanted to show love and, and really get down on some Irish whiskeys. Um, there was a little bit of news. Jamie Foxx, uh, yeah. The whiskey that disappeared the fastest at his house parties, uh, he went and bought some a steak in. So mm-hmm. brown sugar bourbon mm-hmm. is now, um, I think it's come fully owned by by uh, actor, entrepreneur, singer, Jamie Foxx. Right. Yeah. So I never, damn, I, I know about brown sugar bakery on the west side because I used to work for a nonprofit also on the west side. Also on the side. south side. Yeah, it started on the south side. Right. Yeah. She said of her and uh you had on a Rolling Stone shirt, and she mm-hmm. said her and uh, Mick Jagger had the same birthday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know how that's going to work. Everybody can't eat brown sugar, can they? I mean, why not? I mean, if you're going to start, what if you didn't, if, what if you just started brown sugar makeup artistry? It is the brown sugar makeup artistry. See, so everybody's, everybody's, <laughs> everybody's fucking brown sugar. Brown huh? sugar, because it's sweet. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, But I think that's actually it for news. Um, so yeah, it's a short week, man. Just wanted to come in here and, um, you know, drink some Irish whiskey. God damn it. I'll be back next week when I'm actually drinking again. Cause I'm kicking off on the birthday drinking on Friday. You okay. know, tell them what we're going to drink, what I'm drinking on that day. But yeah. Okay. So there it is. That's it. I think that's it. All right. Well, you can catch us on all the socials at the Nipur. You can catch him individually at Nicosio and me at Afro Beer Chick. And until the next time, peace out.